God is good, amen? All the time. So it's time to take up an offering. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you for the tithes that you're bringing into this house. We praise you and thank you, Lord God, that you are doing great and mighty things here. And Lord God, that you're doing great and mighty things in our lives. Lord, we surrender to you, Lord God, and not to the enemy. We never give up on you, Lord Jesus. Lord, but we give up on sin and we turn to you with everything we have. And we thank you and we praise you, Lord Jesus. And we just pray that you would bless this tithes and offerings and that you would bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go ahead, Grace. Woo! Thank you, Lord. God is good. Our God saves. All the time. You know, it's funny that we sing that song again, Build My Life, today. I love that song. That's kind of like the theme of my message. Build my life. Build my life. But before we do go into the message, this week we want to recognize those that have given their lives for our country. We're celebrating Memorial Day weekend. Those people have given their lives for our freedom. For the belief of America. For the belief of America. The home of the brave, the land of the free. For the right, I put it in parentheses, the gift of pursuing happiness, life, and liberty. Happiness, life, and liberty. You know, our country was founded on beliefs. What did Jesus say? Or actually, what did the man... Remember the story in the Bible where the man brought his son to be delivered? Remember The man brought his son to be delivered. And he said, he asked Jesus, he goes, Jesus, if you could, can you heal him? Remember that story? And Jesus looked at him and said, if if I could, like, if I can, Jesus knew that he could do anything. Because he knew that he was all God. And God looked at him and he said, Lord, forgive me for my unbelief. Help me to believe. Think about that. Forgive me for my unbelief. Help me to believe. America was founded on a belief system. It was founded on a belief system. Our country that we live in. And that belief system that were created were this. He said that all people were created equal. And that these people have fundamental rights, such as liberty, free speech, freedom of religion, due process of the law, and freedom of assembly. That was the core belief system of our country. Many have given their lives On that set of beliefs. 
just like many have given their lives on the belief of Jesus Christ as God's Son. I remember last year I gave my memorial service was a memorial to all the saints that have gone before us. It was brought back to my memory when I was writing my sermon of all the saints that stood on the belief that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that He died. Yes, Jesus died. <laughs> I say that because there's a little story my wife and I were reading, the kid's story. Jesus is dead. Yeah, Jesus died. But Jesus rose again on the third day victoriously. Hold up three fingers. We're going to Sunday school here. Hold up three, three fingers. Hold up three fingers. Three fingers. What do those three fingers stand for? The third day. What happened on the third day? The earth shook and Jesus rose. Amen? That's what happened. And many saints stand on the testimony in the word of Jesus. Because it wasn't just a made up story of a good man's life. It was God in the flesh. It was written about by theologians in their time. Not just by the disciples, but theologians. That Jesus was the Son of God. It was a set of beliefs. It was a set of beliefs that they died and that they stood for. And it's those similar beliefs that Jesus stands for that our country stood for and was created upon. They were on moral truths. And for those that have died, we are eternally thankful for them. We are eternally thankful for those gold member families. They call them gold member families because their sons and daughters have died. Their family members have died for a set of beliefs. For our freedoms. We reap the benefits. America is truly the, a great nation, if not the greatest nation to live in all of history. Amen. It is argues, arguably the greatest nation ever. And we have to defend her. We have to protect our nation. And we have to protect these beliefs. When these beliefs were written about John Hancock, these beliefs were written by our founding fathers all the way back in 1776. When we had the Revolutionary War. Those men... We're all Christian men. These beliefs have a moral standard. These beliefs have truth. And we have to defend these beliefs by standing up for the truth. Amen. Because there are many people who are out there 
that want to take them away from us. And I'm going to tell you, a nation founded not on truth is a nation that will fall and crumble. It will dissolve. It will cease to be. Because another nation will take it. Our nation is founding on truth. It's been founded on a sure foundation. Under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. And if we don't stand up for that set of beliefs, they will be robbed from us. That's why it is important that we all get out and vote. That's why it is important that we elect Christian people into politics. You know, back then it wasn't a separation of church and state like they all say. It was all part of it. The church affected the state. And that's how it should be. And I'm going to guarantee you this. When you go to heaven, that's how it is. Amen? And I'm pretty sure God, who's omnipotent, all-knowing, has set it up proper, who created all of this and all of the universe. He kind of knows what he's doing. But there are people who are trying to take away these beliefs, these benefits, these freedoms of ours. They would rather see you stripped of your freedoms and your chance to pursue happiness, life, and liberty for which we stand. Our greatest nation is under attack. And it is our job to keep... Oh, I'm going to sound like Trump. It's our job to keep America great again. Amen? Many men and women have given their lives to defend our nation. And that is why we celebrate Memorial Day. And I thank them for their service. I thank them for standing up for beliefs, from not running away from conflict, but facing conflict, even at the cause of death, by not turning back. We thank them. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> so I was thinking of that song as we were worshiping, Build My Life. And I was thinking for the title of my sermon. And I got to thinking, you know, it's funny how they all tie together. The title of my sermon is called Rules for Holy Living. And I'm going to tell you, if we don't let Jesus build our lives, we will never live holy. You can't. You can't live holy without God. Not in today's day and age and world. It's impossible. Rules for holy living. You know, Paul, throughout his letters to the churches, has a common theme in most of them, if you look through them all. And in most all of the rules for the churches, 
in all of his letters, he has some kind of rule for living holy. For holy living or instructions on how we ought to act, how we ought to speak, how we ought to live. And I don't know about you, but at times I find myself asking God a lot about all of it. As an example, I ask God a lot, God, what do you want me to do? God, what do you want me to say? God, what kind of response do I need to have Because the response that I had was clearly not the right one. I don't know about you, but do you ask these questions to God or am I just crazy? Is it just me who's asking these questions to God? God, how do I act? How do I respond? What should I say? What should I do? I ask these questions all the time. God, I'm 50 years old. (laughs) I should have my purpose by now, but I'm still struggling with what I should be doing. Right? For some of us, it's 60, 70, and 80. (laughs) And we still don't know what we're supposed to do. All the answers are right here in the Word. You know that? All of the answers of what we're supposed to do, how we're supposed to act, what we're supposed to say, are all right here in the Word. And Paul speaks of them many times. In Romans 12, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, Holy and pleasing to God? This is your spiritual act of worship? Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good and pleasing and perfect will. You see, that's a problem for many. That's a problem for many people, that scripture right there. We don't want to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. Let truth be known. Do you want to offer your body as a living sacrifice? Come on up here and lay it down on the altar. (laughs) Right? We don't want to. What does it even mean to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice? What does it even mean to do that? To offer your bodies as a living sacrifice is to say, okay, God, here I am. I'm all yours. I yield control over to you. I yield total control over to you. That's right. 
I yield control over to God, to his instruction and his will. And I wrote down right here. Mom just said it. What did Jesus say when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane? When he was praying, Lord, take this cup from me. But he said, not my will, but your will be done. I wrote it down right there. Not my will, but yours be done. That's what it means to yield your body as a living sacrifice. To say, God, it's not my agenda. It's not Chris's agenda. It's your agenda. My agenda will get me in trouble. Your agenda will be a light for my feet, a light for my path. Amen. Amen? And it's also because we don't renew our minds. What does the Bible say about renewing your mind? It's clear. It's in the Bible. The instructions right there. Renew your mind by the washing of his word. How do we renew our mind? By reading God's word. That's why we don't know his perfect and pleasing will for our lives. Two big things right there. If you don't know what your purpose is in life, what you think your purpose is, or what it should be, it's because, one, we haven't yielded our bodies as a living sacrifice to God yet. We haven't yielded our strength. We haven't said, God, I surrender to you and only you. And we haven't renewed the, our minds by the washing of the word. We haven't been in his word to get direction from him. Two reasons why. We don't know God's perfect and pleasing will. Then I wrote down here, that's why we could be 50, 60, 70, 80, 100, and we could still be asking God, what do you want me to do? <laughs> right? God, what do you want me to do? Because we didn't renew our minds and we didn't surrender totally to him. And I'm going to be honest. I struggle with this all the time. I still ask God, God, what do you want me to do? I should have a good idea of what he wants me to do by now. I have half my life, if not two-thirds of it, have gone. I've got a third left. If I don't figure it out pretty soon, I don't know. <laughs> Amen? But then you go into Colossians. So that was Paul. Telling the Romans how he should live. How we should live. Then he goes into Colossians. And Colossians says this. We're going to read all of chapter 3. It says rules for holy living. You want to know how we should live? It said here, since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your what? Hearts on what? Things above. Where who is seated? Where Christ is seated. So, since we've been raised with Christ... What do we got to do? 
We've got to set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated. We've got to set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated. We've got to set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated. We've got to set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated. We cannot set our hearts on things on this world where things are below, where the devil is seated. We've got to set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. All the fullness. All the fullness. You want to live a full life? You live it in Christ. You set your heart on things above where Christ is seated, and you will live a full life guaranteed. You want to know why people, millionaires, billionaires, all the Hollywood stars are miserable and they commit suicide and are on drugs and are in terrible sin? It's because their hearts are on the things of this world. Their money can't make them happy. Their sexual immorality can't make them happy. Their way of life can't make them happy. Nothing will make them happy. There's only one that will make you happy and feel whole. And that's setting our hearts on Christ, on things above. You want to fulfill a fullness in your life and have a joy that's unspeakable? You serve God with all your heart. And God will fill you. Because all the fullness is in Christ Jesus. You have been given a fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Who's over every power and authority? Christ. Over every power and authority. I don't care how strong the devil thinks he is or what kind of rule he has. He does not have any rule over you because Christ has given you all authority because he said it in his word. He said, all authority I have, I give to you. And not only that, but greater things shall you do than I did, he said. You have the power to rebuke the devil in your life. You don't have an excuse. (laughs) Simple. If you're a Christian, you're in sin, you don't have an excuse because you've got all authority in heaven to rebuke the devil. You don't. It's the devil that makes up excuses. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of the sinful nature. Not with a circumcision done by hands of men, but with a circumcision done by Christ. Having been buried with him in a baptism and raised with him. Through your faith in the power of God who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in all your sins. Oh wait, excuse me. I'm out. I'm reading chapter 2. 
But it's still good. It's the Word of God. <laughs> well, let's go down here. Since you've been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then what? Then you will appear also with him in glory. Amen? Take, how about that for a promise? When you set your heart on things above, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you too will appear with him in glory. That's a promise. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Put to death what? What's the earthly nature? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life once lived. But now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. What do you rid yourself of? Let's say them together. Anger. Come on, let's say it. Anger. Anger. Rage. Rage. Malice. Malice. Slander. Slander. And filthy language from your lips. Do not lie. To each other. Come on, let's say it. Do not lie. Let's all say it. Do not lie. We're not liars, right? No liars. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed. Amen? In knowledge, in the image of Christ. Do you know what your new self is? When you accepted Jesus Christ, what are you called a new what? Creation. A new creature. Created in what? To do what? Good works. Let's say it again. You are a new created in to do what? All right, that's a little better. You guys will get it. Amen. Amen. You are a new creature. Creature. Creature created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen. That's what you are. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you put him in your heart, you are a new creature created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Amen. And then what it says, when you do that, you become renewed. Who needs a renewing? I need a renewing every day. This body's failing me. I need to be renewed, re-strengthened. I need to be renewed in knowledge, in the image of the Creator. Amen? You know what that means? You're looking more like Jesus every day. That's what it means. You're looking more like Jesus Here, there is no Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, 
But Christ is, in, is all and is in all. You know, you know what he just said right there? So you can understand it. When you become a new creation in Christ Jesus to do good works, you're part of the body of the Christ. It doesn't matter if you're Greek. It doesn't matter if you're Chinese, Japanese, African, American, Native, Puerto Rican. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are. You are part of the body of the Christ. You are a new creation. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You are Christ in all and Christ is all. Therefore, it says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves. You know, clothe yourself. What do you do every morning when you get up? You get dressed. You clothe yourself. So when you get up, you know what you need to start doing? You need to look at yourself. There's a man. His name is John G. Lake. I'll tell you this story. John G. Lake had a healing ministry in Spokane, Washington. Spokane, Washington was the healthiest city at that time in the nation, if not in the world, because of John G. Lake's anointing on healing. He had a strong healing ministry. And he has healing rooms set up throughout the whole nation, even today. But when he got up, he would look himself in the mirror. And he would look at himself, and he put on his best clothes that he had every morning, and he would say, Christ lives in that man. Christ lives in that man. He would clothe himself with that belief. Just like we need to clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So when we get up in the morning, we need to say, I clothe myself with compassion. Help me to be more compassionate. I clothe myself with kindness. Help me to be kind to others. I clothe myself with gentleness. Help me to be gentle in spirit. Help me not to be angry at my wife, at my children. Help me to be gentle. Help my words be gentle. Words are powerful. Remember, we learned that in youth group. With the bad apple, good apple. You're that bad apple. You're ugly. You're disgusting. You are filthy. You are rotten. I'm not going to eat you. You should be thrown out in the trash. You're a good apple. You're beautiful. You're lovely. Woo, you look good. Right? And we saw the example. The bad apple after 30 days was all moldy and rotten. But the good apple hardly had any mold on it after 30 days. Because words have power. And when we get that belief system in our minds and in our hearts and in our spirits, then those things will automatically take place. Because it will change you. When you say it to yourself, you know, we read a book, it takes 21 days to create a habit. When you say that to yourself over and over again in the morning, I'm compassionate, I'm gentle, I'm patient, I'm kind, I have humility, help me. With all of them. Help me to live them. Not just say them. It's one thing to say words. It's another thing to live them. Amen.
It says, bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. I'm going to tell you, church, forgiveness is a huge thing. And many of us here are going through forgiveness right now. Forgiveness is, if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, the Bible says that God won't forgive you. That's why we need to forgive. It's powerful. Forgiveness is a root to bitterness. It all leads to destruction and death. You got to be forgiving and loving and kind and compassion. Forgiveness, giving forgiveness to those that don't deserve it is freedom. It's freedom, liberty. Liberty is the word for freedom in Canada. Liberty! Freedom! Some might not agree with the forgiveness, but I'm telling you, it's powerful. Forgiveness is powerful. You have to forgive others. You have to forgive them. Even though you might not feel like it, a lot of times we don't feel like give, offering forgiveness. We still have to say it. And over all these virtues put on what? On all these virtues put on what? What is the greatest thing? What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength. And your neighbor as yourself. Love is more powerful than any force in the universe. Love. And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Hey. We watched a thing about what's the binding agent. The video, does anybody remember? Remember the video we watched on creation? What was the binding agent? You got to tell them about, not lectins, what's the word? What am I looking for? It looks like a cross. Laminin. 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 Laminin is the glue of the body. Without laminin, your cells would just fall apart. Your body would fall apart. Laminin holds you together. Laminin looks like the shape of a cross. It's in your body. Laminin looks like the shape of the cross. It holds you together. It's like love. Let's go back to the other verse, Joe. Put on love, which binds them all together. Laminum is like love that binds everything all together. Amen? Amen? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body... You were called to peace and be thankful. 
Thankfulness is huge. Thankfulness is huge. You know? Get up every day and thank you, Lord, for this breath I breathe. Because you could have took it last night in my sleep. Thank you for all the blessings we have with all these grandchildren and children that we have. Thank you that our families are healthy. Thank you that our children and grandchildren know the Word of God. That's huge. Thankfulness is huge. So let the Word of God Christ dwell in you richly. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's powerful too. That's taking His Word in and, and, and hiding your, His Word in your heart. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Whatever you do, whether word or deed. So when you're working, you're not working for your employer, you're working for God as a Christian. You're doing your best job every time you do it. Everything you do, you should do your best. Because you've got to be the mindset that you're doing it for Christ. I'm doing my best for Christ. I'm doing my best because I know who's inside of me. And what he expects from me is my best. At everything I do. And then it goes on to say, wives, submit to your husbands, as it is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Kids, you want to please the Lord? Obey your parents. Obey your parents. Remember, when you're doing that, like you're working... You obeying your parents is like working for the Lord. It pleases Him. Fathers, do not embitter your children. That's my problem. Or they will become discouraged. I need to be more of an encourager instead of a discourager. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything and do it. Not only when their eye is on you, and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. <clears throat> so if you're working for an employer, and he tells you to do something, or she tells you to do something, and you only do it when they're present, but as soon as they turn their back, you go about doing what you were doing, that's not working for the Lord, is it? No. That's actually... Just the opposite. Whatever you do, work with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. No favoritism. 
God has no favorites. Ephesians chapter 4, 17 through 32, it says, Living as children of the light. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their what? Ignorance. That is in them due to their what? Hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Boy, does that sound like today. Doesn't it? It sure sounds like what's going on today. Their hearts are being hardened because of their ignorance. They've lost all sensitivity. They deny the truth. Lovers of evil, rather than lovers of good. It says, you, however, did not come to know Christ this way. Surely you heard of him and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were being, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, renewing your minds, be made new, a new creature created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And to put off your new and to put on your new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Amen. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully. No liars, right? No liars speaking truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Who is the head of that body? Christ Jesus. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands so that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. He said, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as just as in Christ God forgave you. Amen? Just as in Christ God forgave you. These are all rules for how to live. These are all guidelines for what to say, how to act, 
how to respond. You don't know how to live, then you're not in God's word. Simple. Simple. Because we know that in all things, God works for those, for the good of all those who love him. That's in Romans. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. God works for your good. It's right there in Romans chapter 8, verse 28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. That he might be the firstborn firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he also called, he justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. Praise God that we've been called. We've been justified. And when we go to heaven, we'll be standing in his glory with him glorified. Amen? What then shall we respond or say to this? That if God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he that, is, who is he that condemns? Christ Jesus who died. More than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for you. Praying for you. Speaking good words over you. Rebuking the devil over you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered sheep as to the slaughter. And then... Paul says, no, in all things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, not anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Amen. God says that you are more than conquerors. You are more than conquerors. And if you are for Christ, then he is for you. And that there is nothing out there that can separate you from the love of God. And God is right there fighting for you. He's right up there praying for you. He's up there saying, go, get him. Son, daughter, whom I love dearly, and I can't wait for you to come to heaven with me because we're going to be in glory together. You'll be glorified. Amen? 
You are more than conquerors. All these things of holy living can be done. It is possible. Because we're more than conquerors. We can do all things in Christ Jesus who strengthens us. Amen? I can do all things in Christ. Let's say it. I can do all things in Christ. I can do all things in Christ. Amen? Amen. Let's stand up for the blessing. And we'll close. Number 6, 24 through 26. says, let's raise our hands. Praise you, Lord. Thank you. It says this, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. And may you be blessed this day as we go out from here. I pray, Lord God, that your word would stick to our hearts and anything that was not from you would fall away. And I pray, Father, for your mighty hand to be upon us. That, Lord, your face would shine upon us and that we would believe it. That, Lord, we would live holy lives according to your word. Help us. Help us. Help us, Lord Jesus. Help us to live holy for you. Help us to be separated. Help us to surrender to you, Lord Jesus, and to your will for our lives. Not my will, but your will be done. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. You guys may be dismissed.